1: Welcome back to the Creep Dive. <laughs> <laughs> doo 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 doo, Not the right intro, but good. Is that the countdown?
2: That is countdown. Carol yes.
1: Vordeman. She's gone back in time visually. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Excellent. Do
1: you know what's coming back well in? Done, I hear Vorderman. Apparently, tits. Hmm. Big huge tits are going to be the next big thing. Oh, uh,
2: fuck's sake! Well, for some, tis well for some. Tits well for some. <laughs> Um, uh, do we need to Do some um, House business up top house Don't forget b- our Patreon
3: Guess what We're one cent away No from- actually guys oh. Because as you sat here We I was lost saying, followers No as we sat We were one dollar away From seven hundred dollars A month And as we sat here We got a new Patreon Yes, yes. So Who is so that legend Can we da tell da, 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 da. Can we I don't da, know da, da, Cassie da, da, controls da, da, da. Cassie, can you tell? Can we tell? Yeah, it was Amy Tulin. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Amy.
1: Amy.
3: You generous bastard. Amy Tulin, she ain't no
1: fooling. That's it. One coffee on Amy, please. <laughs> A month.
3: da 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 Bam. da da, da.
1: Um, Americano now, nothing fancy. Do we need to apologise for last week's
3: episode? No. Okay. Look, okay. We'll it's right Michael there, Flatley's right? apartment. Let us down <laughs> with the audio. So the audio apparently was quite low last week. I'm sorry, I will make sure it is not this week. We're back in the studio anyway. The window is open because it's approximately 102 degrees in That's here. That's not an approximation. Yeah. That's accurate. Um, housekeeping up top. Follow us on all the things. Instagram at the creep dive. The DMs are coming hard and fast. Love them. Lay off them. I love them. Lay off. It's uh, Sorry. We need to give a special shout out to your new friend in the DMs who has an asexually reproducing
1: Unbelievable. pet. Unbelievable. Ah. What the fuck We must ask her Can we put it on Do you remember after we did The cloning uh, episode She came on And do you know Do you know when It's like when someone Kind of She looks very nice lady Wouldn't expect to have An exotic uh, Kind of insect animal For uh, a pet pet. You know like If she was sort of Like looked like someone Who owned a lot of snakes You'd be like Oh yeah (laughs) that fits
2: But I like that It's kind of crazy so she's has got unassuming but she's got a spontaneously cloning pet did you not see the picture of it no
1: now because you're all sent me us lovely messages it's going to take me 15 minutes
2: I am so busy uh, over Chris, on twitter at dive creep <laughs> how's that going <laughs> what's happening over there oh my god we are rocking out with our cocks out are we yeah here she is Christine
1: Clifford sorry she's an here we go extatozoma uh Tiarium. Her name is Jolene Let me describe her She looks exactly Like an autumn leaf With a face And six hands And she's about The size of a hand Is Uh, it a lizard? No, no It's an insect It looks like It might be Like in the family Of a mantis But
3: like an insect Insect doesn't do it justice It looks like something From Pan's Labyrinth Yes it does It's cool It's something I've never seen before It's kind of Yeah, an autumn leaf Or Dried slices of apple
2: (laughs) Like a delicious snack
3: Which she might just
1: Had formed into the Kind of very Formed into an insect like shape Lucky
2: Christine This is cool I feel like Is it an episode of Black Mirror Or is it definitely happening
1: I like how she styled the photograph With a pearl bracelet And
2: a very nice manicure
1: You see I am I
3: really like how we're just We're Absolutely reaching that target audience. Like they have found us, we put out the content, Hello. and just the right people have come across us. Thank we God. love you guys. Um, review of the week comes from a lady who is winning. Oh, Sumi, yeah. A lady who is winning purely because of her review name. So her name is Creepyette. Oh, yeah. or is it Creepette? I thought Creepette. No, it says Creepyette. Oh, lovely. But Creepette, whatever. Little tiny creeper. I'm I say she's a friend from Twitter.
2: Because we have lots of creeps and creepettes over there
3: Okay, potentially Um, I'm going to look up Twitter right now I'm pretty sure my neighbours think I'm crazy Given that when I listen to this podcast I make a lot of horrified faces Laugh out loud and even once nearly cried Keep up the good work It's the highlight of my week You get a tote Yay, I'm worried
2: that her neighbours are watching her though Is everything okay? Everybody
1: is watching their neighbours And the neighbours are watching it If you have a neighbour They're watching you That is true are you not watching your neighbours? Uh, no, genuinely can't.
2: We're in a terrorist situation. There's still People w- are squeezed and we are only able to look directly ahead. It's very tight. Blinkered. Um, do we have a creep of the week? Oh. oh. We have a topical creep. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. What, BJ? Who? Mm. Oh, no. Who? Who's BJ? Boris, Boris <laughs> Johnson.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a creep. Uh, but um, Who's your topical creep? And from the crash. <gasps> oh, People have kept watch. emailing yeah. in saying she was a fucking creep And <sighs> sorry to say They're right What in the name of Jesus
2: Some people huh I I chose to watch um, Claire from Bon Appetit making Twizzlers Instead of the Primetime Investigates And I know that is <sighs> Man, if I'm you're, a if poor you're excuse <laughs> for a human I just couldn't
1: take it Very intense um, Very scary if you have children All, all, all in all A uh, bad Disappointing evenings Content in a sad Fuck you to that lady And you know She's worth a few bob then If you did a bit of a dive on her You could see
2: Was she? Yeah <laughs> she Like the crash decres- like, I mean if one Hypothetically Did a dive Okay so you dived And you found That yeah, things like, are going well I think
1: the company Her company She's a director Her her, her husband and her daughter And uh, di- Dividends of I think couple of million after you know in profit after i think 20 2018 Sheesh. pretty good but you know i have a jolly creepette
2: thank you a creeplet okay it's a twitter thread that i really enjoyed maybe you've read it already but let's go let's talk about peeing in space oh i Yay! have not read this okay so this is from mary robinette cowell and so she wrote a new york times essay And several people, so she wrote a New York Times essay about women and space travel. And several people have said that women couldn't go into space because we lacked the technology for them to pee in space. Hold on, what? what? So we lacked the tech, oh, that they that the technology is lacking to facilitate female pissing. That's ridiculous. Because obviously, for however long. Yeah, this was just people's response oh, sure? to her essay. I'm and she is explaining why this is irrelevant. So she says, when the Mercury program was proposed, doctors were worried that people would not be able to urinate or even swallow without the aid of gravity. So this is way back mm-hmm. when. Okay. And yet they still made plans to send a man into space. When Alan Shepard became the first American man to go into space, it was scheduled to be a 15 minute mission. Up, hello space, back down. They made no plans for peeing. Launch pad delays meant that Alan Shepard hit a point where he needed to go badly. He asked mission control for permission to go in his suit. After consultation with flight surgeons and suit technicians, they gave him permission to do so. So he wet himself and still went into space. Mm -hmm. Later, they solved this problem by developing a sheath that looked much like a condom. It worked great in testing, but when the actual astronauts used it, the sheath kept blowing off and leaving them with pee in their suits. What did the sheath actually look like? It looked like a condom. Right, sorry. Was this about extended time in the spacesuit? The sheaths came in small, medium and large. It turns out the men were all saying they needed a large sheath. <laughs> they did not. Classic. Hence, sheaths blowing off. Subsequently, the astronauts called the sheaths extra large, immense and unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so, they had to tape a bag to their arse to poo. She says ah, sorry. To Tape poo. a bag, like getting an old spar bag. And just getting some duct tape and just taping it to their ass the length that is some ordeal she says that worked well for Gemini and Mercury these are early missions and by well I mean there was still urine in the capsule and its stank of feces Apollo needed a different solution alas they still had to poop into a bag but for peeing they could slip on a condom attached to a valve turn the valve and their urine Sucked. sucked into the vacuum of space if you timed it right Open the valve a fraction too late and the urine escaped to float around the cabin. Open it too early and the vacuum of space reached through the valve to grab your well, manhood. That's exactly what I was thinking. That mm. seems like it, yes, really a really dodgy real issue. Apparently, the venting of pee into space is very pretty. It catches the sunlight and sparkles. For the spacewalks, the Apollo astronauts were back to condoms that collected the pee in a bag in the suit. Buzz Aldrin was the second man on the moon, but the first to pee there. During Apollo 13, everyone who has seen the mov- movie knows that Fred Hayes, a.k.a. Bill Paxman, got sick. Do you know why, though? After the accident, they couldn't use the regular vent because it needed to be heated to keep the pee from freezing. Okay. The alternate system caused droplets to float around the ship. Mission control told them to stop dumping pee. It wasn't meant to be a permanent ban, but the crew... Didn't understand that, so they were stashing pee in every bag or container possible. This sounds like my house. What? The fastest option was to store it in the collection bags they wore in their suits. Hayes kept his on for hours and hours and hours, basically bathing in pee. He got a UTI and then a kidney infection. Fucking hell. Finally, a decade later, NASA decides to send women into space. Now they have a reason to come up with how to handle peeing in space if you don't have a penis. To launch and for a spacewalk they developed the mag Maximum Absorbency Garment
1: <laughs>
3: Sanitary a towel
2: diaper Nappy This is an American thread So the men could have worn this too The men switched over to using those because it was more comfortable and less prone to leave pee floating around the cabin than the condom sheath They also developed a zero-G toilet so that astronauts no longer had to tape a bag to their ass
1: What happened to the I bet you did it suck the shite out of you
2: <laughs> the oh <my> toilet. <laughs> oh, this a year. in space. Oh, oh, oh! Wait, this is, this is another good fact. Peeing or pooping in space is now a lengthy process involving a fan, a targeting system, and a fair amount of prayer. Oh my god! Fun pooping in space fact: without gravity, the poop doesn't break off as it exits your body. It you ch- have to r- <laughs> like
1: a no. fish. You know when a fish shits.
2: And then they and it swim
1: around behind them with this long yes. shit
2: thing. You have to reach back and help with special gloves, like break it off. Yes, just so like a little d- pinch
1: and yeah, let it go. Just pinch it away, like. <laughs> but I guess, hang on, your anus. Let, let's let's just think about this. Your <laughs> anus will pinch it off, but it would still stay there because, because no gravity. There's no
2: gravity for it to drop.
1: And no wind to blow it away. Yeah, so it's not still attached. It's just
3: there. Yeah. Hanging on by a loose thread Just like, like
2: by a
1: little yeah, like Micro
2: a, You know Poo like like a f- thread Yeah oh, Amazing yeah. So
3: they could sort of
2: Yeah <laughs> Wow So peeing is a little more Straightforward now It's basically a funnel a tube A bag and fan for suction So no nappy anymore mm. Sometimes though The toilet breaks down at that point, they return to using relief bags taped to their ass and manual no. urine containment. That is some ordeal. During a malfunction, it is also possible for a giant floating globe of pee to exit the toilet. <laughs> That'd be embarrassing. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so glad. You'd like to be like, oh, it's back. I'm so sorry. It's back again. Uh, fun fact, due to chemicals, it is bright purple and acidic. More fun fact, poop regularly escapes. <laughs> Which is why you never like, eat a milk he... dud found floating in the ISS But
1: hang on, escaping is ridiculous Like it's not moving at any speed <laughs> No You would just be so le- You're like, oh, it's gone <laughs> But it's kind
2: <quite laughs> of like a shark in the water like da, 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 da. Slowly, slowly You can see it it's coming like, for so far away You just feel something in your peripheral vision <laughs> yeah. And it
1: would just be rested in your hair or something
2: So weird, all of which is to say that the reason women didn't go into space had nothing to do with lacking the technology to pee. We didn't have the technology for men to pee in space when they started either. And some days the best solution is still a diaper or a bag taped to the ass. Amazing. Uh Uh-huh. It's
1: brilliant isn't it What about wanking In space oh. Like there's no It, there's, it will 100% happen Do you Milan, know what's Fena. actually
2: cool What about periods in space oh, yes. yeah So according to the women Who've been there It's just like a period on earth Because Me- it turns out Menstrual blood Moves via A wicking action And gravity can speed that up But it's not necessary How So basically fascinating. Our periods even Are smarter than hey! men Hey <laughs> A moon cup Also <laughs> into play <Hey.
3: laughs> well done that was good do you have a move and call? then <laughs> no, sorry oh
2: sorry I was going to say one last one when Sally Ride was preparing to go into space so she's a female astronaut NASA engineers asked her if 100 tampons would be the right number for a week <laughs> 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 and she said no that would not be the right number <laughs> so they cut it back to 50 <laughs> yeah, some heavy glow there um, anyway that is a great I think Um genius Fred uh, from about Mary Robinette Cowell Who is an author of her a novel Called The Fated Sky Hold on now I'm, I'm googling wanking in space Erections <laughs> in space Officially it's never happened What do you oh, mean? of course However according to Mike Mullane In his book Riding Rockets
1: He woke most <laughs> mornings on
2: the shuttle With his wooden puppet friend What the Who wrote that? <laughs> this, guy, this astronaut called Mike Mullane Quote, I had an erection so intense It was painful I could have drilled through kryptonite (laughs) Wow,
3: he's articulate, isn't he? I am
2: sure that like Wanking would be totally fine Because it's kind of like Jet propulsion, isn't it? Like when you're spooching Hang on, I listened, read I'm just on Reddit here I
1: listened, read the book Hacking for Mars by Mary Roach a little while ago and the Russian uh, cosmonauts heavily implied that they did masturbate.
2: <laughs> they heavily implied. <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, the NASA astronauts didn't really imply it and even flat out denied it. But that might be cultural, I guess you could say, prestige. Re- like, I don't give a fuck whether they do or not.
2: I just need to know what happens to the sperm. I think it would just eject because it's like a, you know, propel. as I said, it's propelled. It's like you know, very hard to catch. It shoes. It's not like Wouldn't falling it? out of men's dicks. That's true. Like on
1: Earth, it still shoots. But then, it would be impossible to catch We'd while to orgasming.
2: Tape a bag. Around wait, your wait. dick. We're being silly, like a sock or a condom or something.
1: Yeah. What do you call posh wank? Posh 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 <laughs>
2: space wank. <laughs> so Gloria coming
1: in, in space. Semen in satellite. <laughs> Jen, stop it. <laughs> Jism in g-force <laughs> g-force jizz g-force jizz so that Gloria. was great thanks for that so it's <laughs> that was really good where did you find all that or did it come up in the news she did a tweet
2: a tweet a tweet she did a tweet thread <laughs> she did a little it's twit. because it's the anniversary uh, of the moon landing uh, oh, the yes, daily yes, did a really yes, good yes, episode yes. as well about how there was nearly a black man included in that crew Ah. And uh, all the bloody uh, Racist machinations That kept him from being
3: uh, mm. On that group
1: Disappointing uh, yeah. uh, The best rec- Well it's not recent But Buzz um, There's a video of Buzz uh, Punching some man in the face A a um, <sighs> Shit This guy has been haunting Buzz For years He's a denier oh. oh And Continuously Getting into his face I think Buzz Aldrin Has kind of a famously Fiery
2: I think Buzz is dead now Oh, is he? Or is it Neil Armstrong who's died?
1: I, mm. I think Neil Armstrong's definitely dead. Um, I don't know. Either way, you can still see it. Yeah. There you go. That was very interesting. I need to know more.
2: Oh, yeah, I know. Get Buzz Aldrin is, is not dead. Sky. Sorry. Buzz sorry. is alive. My fault. I'm Hooray. sorry, Cassie. That was a
1: great I'm little uh, amuse-bouche.
3: Mm-hmm, excellent. What yeah. have we got?
1: I'm excited for yours,
3: Cassie. I have a very long story
1: Yeah I think you should get just on get it Just get into it Let's do
2: it Let's
3: do it oh, Okay We're just going for it I just want, also want to
1: say A quick fuck you To a bad reviewer no. um, <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> You know. said
3: we did no research Oh my god I read a book today <laughs> In your face Whoever the f- like I Like I, 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 sk- I skimmed it I do no
1: research I do some research <laughs> I'll take it But I won't hear any Shit said about Cassie Thank you oh, I'll hear shit said about Sophie (laughs) Someday she researches I say the shit Some say Anyway What do you got?
3: Love doesn't grow on trees
1: Okay I mean Right Okay You're not saying anything What
2: if you're a dendrophiliac?
3: Is that someone who's sexually attracted to trees? That's
2: somebody who enjoys sexing trees
1: What?
3: And how did you know that off the top of your head?
2: Because I'm one of the co-hosts of the Creep Dive this okay. is what's festering inside me Is
1: there female dendrophiliacs
2: <gasps> Ooh. Go easy there gals <laughs>
1: A lot of trees have vaginal openings Like what looks yeah, like Yeah but a
3: lot of them have twigs Yeah Bark anyway
1: it's a lot of vag- You know what I'm saying Oh yeah Often there's you a walk lot by of a tree you see those that of sense
3: Yeah yeah, yeah Totally
2: yeah. But then there's a lot of protrusions That you could also work with If you were a woman I think it's an equal opportunity But experience.
3: I mean ultimately they're trees Which is you could not freely judging. fuck
1: a tree. I wouldn't mind. Each to their own.
3: That's it. Yeah, not hurting anyone. Morning wood. Hey! hey! This is a, we're pun heavy today. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This is the tale of Debbie Montgomery. So Debbie had been married for nearly 26 years when in 2010 her husband Lou died suddenly. Lou was only 55 years old and Debbie described him as a big man at six foot four and 360 pounds and she later wrote that his sudden death of a heart attack did not surprise her huh. or anyone. Both Lou and Debbie were veterans. She's getting the digs in. What age was he? Even? She said 50, 55, going oh, on 56. Right. Um, Both Lou and Debbie were veterans, had had served with distinction in the Air Force during the Gulf War um, and other tours of duty. But at the time of his death, Lou ran an online company supplying benfotiam, a drug used to prevent diabetes. Benfo, I think is its street name more commonly known Benfo okay. Benfo. <laughs> so he died suddenly had been running this business and all of a sudden Debbie was catapulted into trying to take over his business whilst maintaining her job as a treasurer in a school really really stressful time but she enlisted the help of her father to take over the running of the company and she continued working her day job um, and would run the company in the evening. So she did this for a lot of time, di- like months after his death. And she said she was working about 18 hours a day, going to her admin school job, which paid about $24,000 a year, and then running the company in the evening time. She said he had no, like no um, sort of, data of his passwords. He had left no instructions on how to run the company. So she was really learning from scratch to try and keep this going. She had no clue, no idea how to do it, but her dad really helped her out. And after about a year, she kind of got it to a place where it was healthy again and it was generating a solid enough income. So when she finally grasped the the day-to-day running of benfocomplete.com, she decided that she could give up her school admin job. So she'd have for maybe the year after her husband's sudden death, she had a year where she was working eighteen hours a day, and suddenly she found herself with a little bit more time. And during this time, she started kind of reflecting on her life. She had uh, gone through a massive weight loss journey t- during her life, and had then found like this revigorated love of fitness. And she started swimming loads. And um, she was really getting herself in good shape. She was doing well with the business. Like good she just her. she explains that in one. And one day, when she got the hang of it, she earned more in a day than she would have in a month in her admin role. So she was; it was taken over. But I mean, it's a small. I think that was just a point that she made. I don't think that the daily sales were that significant, but like she was taken along nicely. Obviously enough, to, uh, her her dad was really involved, so I think she was obviously paying him, paying herself, and you know, um, working away. But in this time where she found herself with a bit more sort of freedom and a bit more free time she started reflecting on her life and her marriage to Lou and she realized that actually in the last couple of years of their marriage they hadn't been in love and it hadn't been a good relationship and she just kind of put that by the wayside to keep her family going she was described as always putting other people first this was the first time she was really stopping to take stock of her own life and what she wanted did they have kids they had kids. So I think they had three kids. Two of them are in the military and one is away at college. Okay. There might be a fourth one, but I think it's only, I think she has a, a younger son who may be a fourth child who lives with her. But um, definitely her oldest two and her daughter is away at college. Her daughter is about 19. Um, she also wrote that 10 years prior to his death, Lou had actually had an affair and he confessed it to her later on after it had been over. And she just blamed herself for it. She thought she hadn't taken care of him, didn't really do anything about it um, and just kind of ticked along. So about a year after he died, she felt like she was ready to date and she wanted to find love. She wanted to be in a really solid relationship like she was... Out to find the she man. She deserves it, no. Yeah, out to find the man she was going to spend the rest of her life with. In conversations in her book, which I read, she describes a to face reviewer. <laughs> she she you know she had these criteria that she wanted. She wanted a man who was educated. She wanted a man who was well traveled. As uh, someone who was Christian. As uh, someone who wasn't broke. And um, you know she just wanted a nice life. She's only I think like f- in her early fifties. So she's still young. She's like, you know, years and years and years ahead of her. Like she wants to have a really nice life and she deserves it. So friends encouraged her to try online dating because she described having a lot of anxiety around dating that she'd had previously to her marriage. That even when she was 16, she never enjoyed dating. She just was really shy and found it really awkward. So her friends directed her towards like Match.com and Plenty of Fish but she decided she was quite Christian and she, I think she might've been Mormon. She decided to use a Christian site called LDSPlant.com. I don't know what it stands for. <laughs> or what It means that's the website. So S plant LDS plant. Okay. I wonder if dating, dating sex. Plant. I, plant. It's probably like <laughs> love dating spirit. Um, maybe it's lds planet maybe it's, it's lds L-D-X planet Pl- oh right okay love dating spooge planet absolutely not i don't know what the love lds stands dating for spirituality but it's probably something like that when you go on to lds dot what you have the these pigens? like faces of people a lot of men interesting yeah. um typical I guess what you'd expect from a, a dating of white, site lots of white
1: people. it's quite a it's typical Very white that, uh,
3: that's very white that's a good point um it seems like a very typical dating site is what you would imagine the early dating sites to be you know a little <coughs> no filter no filter like one little profile pic a uh, little bio all that kind of stuff right yeah so and obviously it's not it's not like one of these apps um it's
2: because it's the 2010s or something, isn't it?
3: It's 2010, so it's not an app. So she messages a couple of guys back and forth, but initially she's not impressed with their spelling and their grammar. And like <laughs> she does, she finds conversation difficult and she's not really getting into it until she matches with an Englishman. So this is part of there's obviously no geo targeted locations on this. She can match with anybody. So she matches with a man called Eric, who is a businessman from England. His email address is talktome 55 at yahoo.com, and his profile read, I am in search of a long-term relationship that after a great friendship is developed over time. Hopefully it will lead to marriage, but only in the right, only to the right lady. I'm not desperate or in a rush, but believe in leaving things to higher powers and know that when time is right, things will happen. I am fortunate that I am willing to relocate for the right person as well. Well, there's not much to say as I would describe myself in one word as a man of good standards and policies that guide my entire life. I'm a God-fearing person who believes mostly in honesty, truth, and faithfulness. Right. This goes on and on and on and on. He talks about his faith, how he feels about the church, how he wants to treat a woman, um, how I don't expect a lady to be perfect, but I expect her to be unique and special. I'm willing to accept her for who she is. Um, And what he does for fun is he loves cooking and listening to music. He loves all types of music except for rock. I love reading and watching movies. I don't get to visit the cinema often because of the nature of my job. And I just want to uh, unwind. He says he has a son called Kenny. Hate this guy. What's the
1: nature of your job that you wouldn't be able to go to the cinema?
3: (laughs) His job is essentially he works in hardwood sales. So he sources hardwood like... Not allowed to go to the cinema,: No, but because he, he works in like offshore, off off, overseas okay. a lot. Oh, right. so he's spending a lot of time in Malaysia, closing this gotcha. deal to buy import wood for wood. wood. like it's some fancy wood, like, I don't know. some nice, expensive, rich mahogany or something. So he's in Malaysia trying to source all this hardwood. Um, Debbie Debbie would Stop later it. write that she was drawn to him because he was widowed rather than divorced, and she felt that he would relate to her situation a lot better. And she had said that she found she found find, she found the men on the site who were divorced to have a totally different attitude towards relationships and quite disrespectful, whereas the men who were widowed were a bit more compassionate, relatable, caring. Hmm. So the two began to massage message every day. His name was Eric Cole, and early on he wooed Debbie. Appearing. <sighs> Why are
1: you laughing, <laughs> Eric so cool. Cole?
2: I'm no, sorry, because he said massage.
3: I heard every massage day. every and day,
0: and I just flashed
2: on them massaging each other every day. Sorry, I am they infant, They messaged each other. They
3: messaged each other every day. And um, early on, he wooed her with long emails. Debbie describes herself as a prolific writer and she actually kept these journals and she copied every conversation they ever had she into, her into her journals. Well,
1: there them into her Well,
3: a lot of the time they're instant messaging. And they're emailing back and forth on the dating site. She printing them out and slotting them yeah, in. I'm pretty sure that's what she's doing. Into Very unusual. There's a <laughs> video where she's she's being interviewed she by someone, understood. and she has a a big like ring binder of Polly Pockets. I think she printed them off. No, and kept them love in an there. old
1: Polly Pocket. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so, that's but pretty she, weird. She
3: says, she says she loves journaling, and she she got really into it at that point in her life i'd say I she's guess. mad into couponing yeah absolutely Ooh, yeah, this is this geez. is our debbie it's that's, like the flavor that's
1: exactly our debbie right mm. um love an no old twofer she'd say
3: coupons she would say coupon mm. um yeah so he's he's messenger promising her stuff that he's god fearing you know a really good christian is
2: there a sense they're going to meet in person?
3: Yes, that's what they're gearing up towards. And he said he'll relocate for her. Any um, sauce
2: or just straight up Christian chit chat?
3: Nothing dirty at all, right?
1: No, not a dick pic in sight. No,
3: no, 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 no. No dick no, pics in that no. poly pocket. And he explains <laughs> how he came across the site and he was introduced to it by his older sister, Mary, who seems to be a massive support for him. So his older sister really stepped in and started looking after his son when his wife, Sarah, died. Um... And he he said that he was reluctant at first but came across the site and sa- has seen couples f- finding true love and falling in love online and that's what he wants for himself. He wants to fall in love, have a long-term relationship, set himself up with someone. So Debbie is wooed by this guy. And he's, I haven't seen an unblurred out picture of him but she describes him as being ha- handsome. Um. So... Debbie feels like she'd be more interested in the personality anyway. Yeah, no, Debbie's definitely more interested in the personality. But she's open for the ride. She wants a good, God-fearing man. Mm. Debbie herself really, like, into the whole God thing. So they spoke every single day. um, And then one day, Eric suggested that they move their chat from site onto Ooh. yahoo instant messenger Ooh, let's because to why because yahoo. he was going to be traveling back to malaysia from england and he wouldn't be able to act he feared he wouldn't be able to access the site from there so he helped her set up yahoo chat she didn't know what it was and i think it was like that remember there used to be yahoo MSN. chat uh, app on the phone yeah. s- maybe around that time anyway
1: Wait, what year are we
3: 2010
1: okay so yeah like msn it was just mm. a different version
3: yeah, essentially. So with their two conflicting schedules, Debbie working long days with the business and Eric overseas, the two would often chat in the middle of the night, like at 2 a.m. Debbie describes hearing a little ping from her computer and getting up and running over and speaking to him for an hour or two in the middle of the night. Debbie's
1: still working 18 hour days at this point?
3: Uh, I think at the start she maybe was a little bit, but it definitely she definitely eased into working full time with benfocomplete.com. Um, catchy they spoke they spoke on the phone debbie loved his english accent and she said she felt like she was 15 falling in love all over again jesus
2: christ all over again
3: just falling in love all over again they spent hours chatting and on one particular occasion at thanksgiving debbie lovingly describes the hours spent running to the computer describing the feast to Eric, describing the sweet potato casserole, describing stuffing the turkey, oh God, running back and content forth. content is the worst oh, I'd say, her, <laughs> her parents are over, her dad's helping her clean the garage, her mom's there, they're <laughs> chatting, they're having a great day and she's just oh, dipping in and out of her like instant detailed, messenger, Debbie. telling him, and he, the poor Englishman, is confused by the feast and whatever and thinks <laughs> so cute and blah, de, blah, de, blah. Gorgeous. This what woman... fucking time do people have? This woman's yeah. madly in love, right? Right. So the difficulty with Eric's work was that because he was in Malaysia, obviously trying to export a lot of hardwood and trees. <laughs> Childish. Stop. <laughs> Childish. He needed to bring officials and authorities on site, which was difficult. You know, he's dealing with a lot of like, I Bureaucracy. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Eric was you know, never short of you know time to message Debbie. And he wrote her poems, which she published in her book. Um, they continued to chat daily. Now, early on in their relationship, Eric was telling Debbie about a friend of his called Terry, who also wanted to start online dating, but he struggled to get his account up and running. So there was some reason why his payment was not being processed by what I assumed to be the American dating site. So he asked Debbie to cover the cost and she posted a check for $45 to the site. And Terry got on and that was grand. Weird. Weird. Terry got set up. Why couldn't he have done that? Dunno. No idea. Why couldn't Eric have done it? But anyway, Debbie was quite happy to help him out. She she said... $45, whatever. $45. It was fine. But...
1: Donate to our patron.
3: (laughs) About a month later... Eric got into some difficulties with work and Debbie explained Eric's next request was for me to set up a bank account for us so that he had an account where funds from his job overseas could be deposited before he arrived in America in person. So the plan was that he was to come over. He was to come over to America with his son and settle there and be with Debbie. So naturally, as soon as this deal in Malaysia had gone through, So he wanted to set up a bank account, a joint bank account. But the only way that Debbie could set up the account was to open it solely in her name with him as a beneficiary because he wasn't there in person to set up the bank account with her as a joint bank account. Then when he got to the States, they could make it a joint account for the two of them. So she set it up and sent him the account number, the bank address and the wire instructions so that he could instruct his company to wire the money directly into that account. It was simple and easy. Debbie, who had previously worked in banking and also worked in military intelligence, said she had her banking hat on during this time. So after she set up the account, but after she set up the account, Eric told her that he had spoken to his attorney, Peter, who suggested that in order to ensure a successful wire transfer between the bank in India and the account, they needed to prepare a certificate of ownership, which would be presented to the bank in India. This would let the Bank of India know it was okay to send a large sum of money to an account titled only to Debbie on behalf of Eric Cole, but the preparation of the certificate would cost six thousand uh. pounds.
1: <laughs> Debbie, oh, internet scamming one oh one. So Debbie. I'll give you money, but you give me money first and then loads of money will come to you, okay? okay.
3: Debbie was reluctant. Where's her
2: military intelligence? Okay, she was reluctant. She was
3: reluctant. She had her military intelligence hat on They well. fought about it, but she Good trusted point. Eric and as a business owner, she understood that often payments aren't processed until jobs are finished. And Eric's project in Malaysia was due to finish soon. She transferred the money in two transactions via a Western Union. Another red fl- oh. flag.
1: Fuck. Unfortunately, things That's didn't just pure stop. Isn't that it? is that is. Unfortunately, things
3: did not stop there because Eric ran into more difficulty with the job in Malaysia. Oh yeah. So right before Christmas, Eric had asked him, asked Debbie to help him with his flight back to the states. She knew he was short on the funds because he was waiting for the job to finish and then he would be be being paid a a substantial payment. There was nothing unusual about this in Debbie's mind. As she says, I have had many orders where I put up the money first and then get paid at the end of the production. It's the waiting to get paid at the end that's the hardest. This latest request was to be sent again via Western Union to a friend of Eric's in Malaysia. He and Eric were going to pick up the funds and then get to the airport, buy an airline ticket to Florida. As a banker, I had never used Western Union for money transfers, but I guess it was a little, and I guess I was a little suspicious of using them, but they were very efficient and can deliver money pretty quickly around the world. I wanted this for Eric because I really wanted him to come home and to meet me in person. <laughs>
2: oh, dear. oh God. So Debbie, Just examine that sentence, Debbie.
3: I know. So Debbie began getting things she, ready. Like, think
2: about the hours of input eric has put in I know. here i mean, I mean they're he's talking kind of
3: earned it How but do do it? hold I was on i
2: say barely six grand, but uh, hold on like.
3: wait, wait 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 wait. now Sweetie. just 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 okay. to be on debbie's side for a second they're speaking on the phone she knows he's british i'll get to it in a second but she's she sparks up this relationship with his sister and is chatting to his son as well and prior to this she has checked um i should have put this in the story it's really important she has checked his company. She's okay, checked his yeah, company. Yeah. It's a legitimate website. All right. Um, um. Now she did, he had said that there was like a contractor involved or whatever. And she did check with that company and they said they didn't recognize him as a contractor, but that they had hundreds of contractors and that they wouldn't necessarily know, but it would be something that they potentially would do. Right. So oh,
1: she'd done her a bit of homework.
3: Debbie had done her homework, like, and she was, she was, I suppose nervous of online dating to begin with so she had done her homework um and she trusted him and she's speaking to him and they're in contact and this is going on for like two years um but this i think is like the second christmas maybe so they got ready for eric to fly home and then received a message that the shipping company was leaving was levying a tax on the shipment that was sitting in the port eric and peter had to come up with a large sum of money to get the shipment released and once again they came to debbie Eric told her that he hadn't had this, ta- he hadn't had tax levied against him before and it was really unusual, but it was a risk involved in their business and that's why the profits were so mouth-watering. He <laughs> said that contracts were, contractors were solely responsible for every expense incurred in the course of purchase and delivery and that he had to bear the brunt of the expenses until he delivered the shipment and all was accepted by the client. Um, she spoke to him on the phone because he wanted to s- discuss the issue with her further and um, she said the connection was bad but she heard his voice she recognized him and um she she insisted that she was very prudent with money and she's very cautious when it came to her finances but he was very um convincing and told her that the financial support repaid as soon as he got home and that he really appreciated and he loved her and blah 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 Emage. blah blah blah, blah. I'm not sure how much that particular time was, right? But anyway, whenever Debbie fretted, Eric won her back. Oh, but needless to say, he did not arrive in the States that Christmas because that um, issue with the tax obviously kept him in Malaysia at work.
1: Obviously. And had she already paid? She had given him no the sign money.
3: Of p- no, she for the the of fair whack now. So whenever... that was a big hit. I'd say it was a couple of thousand quid, all right so whenever debbie fretted eric won her back with promises of their life together he introduced her to his sister mary and his son kenny and soon debbie was chatting to them too on yahoo chat mary and debbie bonded and became like sisters she said and as debbie couldn't afford to help eric out all the time mary would also bear the brunt of transferring eric some money when he needed it according to eric and mary So when the two ladies are chatting, Mary's offering her loads of support. If Debbie's worried that she hasn't got the money, Mary's stepping in to pay for it. The two women together start selling some of their jewelry and other things to help Eric out. But Debbie was delighted, right? She felt really fulfilled. Her relationship with Kenny was really good and she was really excited about being a mother to this 10-year-old boy. She loved the relationship she built with Mary and describes how even though she had her own family, She was so happy again to have this kind of new family who really needed her and supported her. And her own children were accepting of the relationship. And Eric and Debbie planned on being together with the children for the rest of their lives. There
1: is a a certain amount of trade-off here. Like she's getting a lot of emotional support. Mm. She's being boistered up. The feelings are real. Yes. So as much as well I'm presuming she's going to get done. But
3: she's gained something along the way yeah exactly and she says again in her book that um she at the time was had been going to a counselor to deal with the aftermath of lou's death and that she was as open with eric as she was with her counselor and she found him a great support and like she felt loved and she felt supported and she felt really happy and excited. Mm. But she didn't know she was paying for it. I was about, about to say problem. she's paying for yeah. it. <laughs> On the 10th of September 2012, she gets a message from Eric.
2: Two years later.
3: Eric. Yeah, they've been talking every day for two years. They're pro- They're in a relationship. They're in love. They're playing like, their lives from together.
2: Eric's point of view. He's not making good money here. No, like he's uh, probably not so barely cleared 30 grand out of her for two years.
3: of of therapy solid work Eric I remember the last question I asked you is what do you know about forgiveness Debbie yes and I answered that did you get it Eric please send it to me again are you alone at home Debbie yes Eric okay I'm alone Debbie I'm alone except for the spirit which is trying to keep me calm who said that Debbie Debbie. Eric yes he is aware of this conversation as he has led me into it he has led me first to initiate it. Debbie, okay, dot, dot, dot. Eric, I know this will break you down on the inside. You shared so much with me and I thank God you came in, came my way, but I have a confession to make to you today, Debbie, and whatever decision you make, I will not blame you, but I want you to listen as my heart was done by leading. I want you to listen to my heart as this was done by the leading of the Holy Spirit residing in me. And Debbie says, are you sure you want to continue? So just to insert here, Debbie doesn't want him to tell her anything because Debbie recalled the time in her marriage when Lou told her about the affair and how she felt about it. So she assumed that he had been unfaithful. What has actually happened is that Eric seems to have found a renewed faith in Jesus Christ and been compelled to confess. Uh, So, Eric... Please know that this confession is not born out of my human flesh, but by the spirit. I am a born again Christian, but I've wronged offended you as my sister and friend before the Lord. This occurred to me when I was touched by the spirit of God, residing in me to stop and desist from my wrong deeds and live out my life in sincerity and truth. As I was, as I was bought with a price by Je- Christ Jesus and shouldn't be found living a Satan seed. This revelation came to me not quite long ago. And in humility, I confess to you my wrong deeds of scamming you all along and it was selfish and inhuman, especially on your kind and your love for Jesus Christ. This isn't right and I was once blind, but thanks be to God who has opened my eyes to see the light and retrace my steps from darkness into his glorious light. <laughs> Debbie. So many words.
2: So many words. That is Just like some, to the somewhat poetic. Of it's Bible like it's trying shite
1: to, trying to... Like what are you saying? Essentially, it's kind of
2: Christianity yeah. poetry. It, is it's a fucking it's, point.
3: This happens all the time with born again Christians. Is this urgency to confess, to, to, right the wrongs that they have done, and to be living in honesty Cleanse, and sincerity? Cleanse, right? And this is why he's asking her for forgiveness, Debbie. All caps. This isn't true. Dot dot. <sighs> Eric, yes, it is, Debbie. It is true. <gasps> Debbie, I don't believe you. Who are you then? Who is the dear man I've loved for the last 22 months? Eric, it's sad, but there is no Eric Cole. Debbie, there is, and I believe he is so distraught by your situ- by our situation that he's making this up now. So she thinks it's still She's Eric, and oh he just gosh. wants to get out of having owed her so much money. Eric, this is the honest truth, Debbie. It's not makeup. Um, so Debbie says, what have you done with all the money I've given to you, to Eric and to his family? What about Mary and Kenny? What about Peter and his family? I have too much information about your families for this all to not be true. Why are you making this up now after all these months? There is no Peter, Mary or Kenny. It's all makeup, Debbie. I don't believe it. Debbie says, I don't believe it. Prove it to me. And she says, and Eric says, my confession is proof. I wouldn't do this with my normal mind. Like I said, this was prompted by the leading of the spirit God. Let me show you who I am. Let me come online in person and show you my real self. There's a camera on your computer with Yahoo chat. I can come on live. Let's connect. Oh,
2: God. Who is he? At which this point... is going to be a scam within a scam within a scam.
3: Why I wish. That? Why not just disappear? fuck it was. But at that point, Eric turned on his computer and revealed himself to be a Nigerian man named Joseph. Oh, God. Joseph.
1: <sighs> I mean, it's a...
3: Holy Christian name! But <laughs> Debbie has her phone and takes a snap of the screen, and to say it is just the face of a gleaming Nigerian man, just with this wide-eyed grin, hundred percent sitting there, not in not England. a British businessman named Eric Cole, not one bit. Joseph, what Not have you him. done? Why he confe- I mean, because Joseph and this, there there's loads of conversations back and forth between them after. And actually in the conversation later, Debbie shows a lot of empathy and sympathy towards Joseph. He goes on to basically explain that he's the oldest of six orphans, that his parents have passed away when he was really young and he used the money to put his children or to put his siblings through college, support them yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But he has done it to other women. Had um, he confessed to the other women I too? don't know. But it does seem that he genuinely... Well, you can't obviously trust anything, but he does say that he genuinely found God and that he wanted to start stop scamming and well, that he was truly repentant. I believe that
1: because he did do it. When yeah. He didn't have to. He could have just disappeared.
3: By the time Joseph revealed himself to Debbie... Joseph
1: put a lot of work in, you know? A lot of work. And For
2: not big returns.
1: But maybe... Those, hold on, those, hold on, okay.
3: hold on. By the time Joseph revealed himself to Debbie, Debbie had sent him one million eighty thousand <gasps> seven hundred and sixty two dollars and forty three cents.
2: Oh my god, okay, I take it back, sorry. I thought we were around the thirty grand mark here. What the fuck? All through Western cash.
3: All through Western <gasps> Union Cash. How did transfers.
2: she get that? Did she even have So it this to is give? the
3: thing, right? Um,
2: she had to because that's how Western Union
3: works. But Debbie, she, she was borrowing mm. to get it. Debbie felt a lot of sympathy for him, for him and said that she wouldn't report him if she repaid the money. Now she eventually no did go to the FBI, re-pay. but the FBI said unless he comes to America, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, oh my god! So where but did the million dollars come from? But Debbie's business in wasn't 2012, massive. 2012,
1: 2010. That would have gone a fucking long way in for the guys in Nigeria. Yeah, so f-
3: would have he said he gave he said he he put some of it into businesses a lot of it was living putting his siblings through college now that i'm not sure bit, about i'm not sure about that yeah but i know that college i know that university fees are quite high we're not we're not in talking African countries. Countries. but um, yeah anyway we're not talking the need for a fucking million dollars where did the million dollars come from Debbie's business wasn't massively successful, not million dollars successful, and her job, her previous job as a treasurer, only paid $24,000 a year. Oh, God. So she explains she'd cashed in her retirement fund, sold jewellery, and took out loans. She borrowed over $100,000 from her elderly parents. What is even worse is that she kind of gets into her financials and stuff. She's very um, candid about it. And she tells a story about how Lou got pissed off just before he died about his insurance premium increasing from $100 to something happened. He owed nearly $500. So he canceled it. And she tried to keep Fuck. it going on the sly because she wanted health insurance. And he got angry and he made her cancel it. And he died two months later oh, so at the time God. of his death nothing didn't have anything so this woman was already in financial difficulty because as we know hospital bills in the states are fucking insane if you don't have insurance and obviously the cost of a funeral and everything and also she did not then have any life insurance money or life insurance money after his death um so it was mainly cashing in her retirement oh fund selling her jewelry taking out loans and borrowing money her from book. her parents what
1: did you just download her book illegally?
3: No, I got it on Kindle. Did you buy it? Well, it actually, it happened to be free. Oh. um, On Kindle Unlimited, which I don't understand what Kindle wow. Unlimited is, but apparently I have it and it's free and I don't have a Hopefully subscription. You got a kickback. So. What's it called? We'll get there.
2: Okay. <laughs>
3: so, um, at first, obviously, Debbie was... Debbie Downer (laughs) really struggled to understand why this had happened to her and why God had put her in this situation. Again, all coming back to God. But she found a little bit of solace when she met a pastor from Indiana who expressed to her that God had explained to her why Debbie had been put into this situation. This happens a lot, again, in these kind of like uh, fundamentalist Christian churches is the idea of messages coming from God through somebody else. So I could sit here and be like, Jen, God has given me a, a message for you and this is what it is. So this pastor from Indiana said, he knew, he set you up there for a purpose such as, for, for a time as this. Though you say you didn't have a million dollars, you did have a million dollars. It was prepared for you to do what you needed to do to come forward so that you could share your story with us.
0: Okay, um, look, yeah.
1: silver linings. Sure, that'll so whatever makes you feel good now yeah, at the so end so
3: that's what Debbie did. She went on, and she decided to start speaking to women and when she realized the Actually, frequency at which
1: time to do this and probably did help to flag up stuff for other people, yeah, other women in similar situations,
3: yeah, so she was at it she describes being at like a luncheon and talking. Someone mentioned online dating and she rolled her eyes and they were like, what? And she just went into the story and she told them. And when she was there, someone was like, someone was like, oh, that happened to my mom. And someone else was like, oh, that happened to me, but not as much money. And then, um, yeah, other people were talking about it. And she realized that it happened so frequently that she decided to write this book and she sat down and she wrote it. She didn't go back and edit it, but she wrote it. She wrote the book. (laughs) The Woman Behind the Smile triumph over the ultimate online dating portrayal and her whole ethos is that for so long in her life she had to be the woman that suppressed everything and she was smiling and throughout her marriage even she would just smile and put up with it and now she tours teaching women how to unlock their inner power she has a free ebook on her website for this how to unlock your inner power and deal with it and it's okay to let the smile down she now hosts events. Fair fucks She continues. Her. She continues to run benfocomplete.com and now she also runs The Woman Behind Did
1: she meet anybody?
3: I don't think so.
1: Good. <laughs> Not that own. I know of. Good Irish. No, no, I mean like that's great. She's doing it on her own. I'm
2: just gonna give her website a bit of traffic here.
3: I've been on it all day.
1: <laughs> great story, but like what, so what became with Joseph?
3: So, I mean, the FBI said that there's nothing they could do about it unless he came into the States. Uh, the money seemingly was willingly transferred. I'm sure there's probably... I'm sure if the same situation happened now, there's more legislation in place to deal with it. But at that time... And he would come back. I don't think so. Not a cent. But on her site, she says in this big purple bold font my 1,080,762 investment really was actually priceless what I've learned since the discovery of the betrayal and scam is actually priceless as I've reclaimed my power released the shame and guilt and now share how you too can do the same whether you've been involved in bullet points some kind of online dating scam A Ponzi scheme or other bad financial investments, failed businesses, failed marriages, marital affairs or a wide array of other scenarios. Anything that has made you feel foolish, ashamed, guilty or embarrassed. If I, a former U.S. Air Force intelligence officer, paralegal and bank branch manager can recover and reclaim my power, I know you can too. And here is a gorgeous Just Western
2: Union me $6000. <laughs> Let's have a look. And here she
3: is.
1: She's gorgeous. Oh, she's lovely uh, looking. Debbie.
3: fabulous. She is fab. She is fabulous. fabulous and she's killer. the kind of, you know, like she's the kind of woman who's obviously gone on to I'm not going to say profit a million quid from the situation, but I think she's taken along doing quite nicely. She's making some lemonade there. She yes. says she's stronger than ever and also she describes herself on her website as a best-selling author so you describe yourself whatever way you see fit she's been widely covered like it's been widely covered in 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 the media because i came across this story from an article on the cut good that means Um, she
1: she probably has made a few bob
3: she's been featured on cbs this morning uh loads places on the daily mail um yeah loads of places fantastic well done debbie boo you joseph well done cassie for reading a book this week she also sorry at the end of her book has really good tips on how to spot an online scammer which if you could just give me a moment or two i will so she actually ends ends the book with a conversation between her and joseph uh, in which he describes his whole story and his life, and she shows incredible sympathy for him. And she says, "You know, you have some of the traits that I fell in love with." For a second, I thought she was going to pursue Joseph. <laughs> but was uh, Joseph offering? Uh I think Joseph would have gone along with anything at that stage. Like,
1: do you think he? Obviously, if he apologised and Did he, he fessed up, up, he must have had some his
2: life around. I wonder.
3: Well, he probably developed some keen skills. At that stage. Do you want to know your, your good to know information to mm. how to spot a scam? Go. Their last names are usually Cole, Moore, Smith or Williams. They say they are God-fearing and search for other God-fearing people. They claim they are honest and caring. They immediately want to get off a website and onto Yahoo Why was that, IM why or MSN am Why is that they want to get off the because website? Because it's probably breaching some terms and conditions of the website. Or, or maybe whatever. the website band- is
2: monitored maybe. Yeah. Like the chats are monitored
3: maybe maybe and maybe there's a way to track the, i don't know well i mean she she knows his location and stuff so i don't think that's it maybe they've got multiple profiles or maybe it's like they're they don't have i'd say it's more that they have like access to smartphones sooner than they have access to computers okay so they can i am get to
1: you better yeah faster. yeah
3: yeah yeah um their grammar is not consistent with how americans speak they give you a phone number, but it's typically a calling card or call centre. You can rarely get them on the phone. And the majority of them claim to have lost a spouse, child, parent in a horrific, tragic accident or airplane accident. Or if any of the above are sick and in the hospital.
1: Hmm. Mm. Good,
2: Good to dirty know. Dirty, rotten scoundrels.
1: Good to know. I feel like nowadays it's probably more difficult to scam people.
3: I think that people are certainly less likely to do a Western Union transfer of a million quid. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Cassie. That was brilliant. You're welcome. Good woman. L- what Go Debs. Debs. Go Debs. We're going to call her Lou. Go yes. Debs. We support
3: you.
2: Very good.
3: Really hope she recuperates that $1 million.
2: I feel like she has.
3: I don't think she has quite yet. Okay.
2: It's going to need to shift a lot of free ebooks. <laughs> Like a lot. I like a lot. Like
1: what do you, what do you have for
2: us? I have
1: something of a pickle. Give it to me, soaps. I'm going to relax into my chair and envelop your midi in my ear lobes.
2: I'm gonna <laughs> and by the time you've introduced me, we'll have hit the end of the episode. <laughs> Roll on in, white, white rights. <laughs> okay, something of a pickle. So the story came to me via my Instagram DMs from an at Mr Tony OK. Okay. Okay. So let's go. Oh, this is the one you teased last week. Yeah. Mr. Tony OK and his partner in life are both big fans who live in Hong Kong. Hello, guys.
1: Cool. So shitty, weird. Hope everything's OK in Hong Kong now. There's a
2: bit of. Oh, there was a bit of. There's, mm, mm, hope, hope you guys are doing a OK. <laughs> 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 OK, so this story uh, took place in 1982. Um, so there was a little boy from Mal- Malaysia
3: his what a weird theme has emerged.
2: <laughs> it fucking happens every time. So his name was Corwan. And he Cor had... Corwan. Corwan. Lam Corwan. And so he had a terrible, terrible family life. Um, he had a very aggressive father who um, was violent towards the family. And so... This was kind of his life until the whole family moved to Hong Kong in the early 80s. And so things apparently at home seemed to have gotten better, but Corwan, young Corwan, did find it very hard to adjust to his new life in Hong Kong. And he just like had a very kind of lonely teenage years, never quite fitting in, mm-hmm. never kind of making friends Uh-oh. and um So he kind of, you know, he we went through school, uh Became a taxi driver. No friends in school. No friends in school. Very solitary young guy. Did he want for, Did? Yeah, I mean, I think that most people do want friends. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, he was in his 20s. He was still living with his family, still living in the family home. And he was driving taxi at night. And so he had a few... Little extracurriculars that he enjoyed when he wasn't driving people around in his taxi. Corwan enjoyed taking pictures of his porn magazines.
1: Whoa, that's really weird. Which is pointless. On
2: his phone. I mean, what year? No, it's the eighties, so it's like old film. Yeah, weird. So yeah, he just used to like photographing the photographs. Mm. Any particular pornography?
1: Were you know any
2: like particular kind of genres? No idea. Though he still So he still lived With his parents Also shared his room With his little brother Sad and shit for um, his brother is so it He used to kind of Hoard all his like Pictures of Porn Porn Pictures In this kind of like Metal stash box Like under his bed Nobody would suspect A thing <laughs> <laughs> So This was Kind of scratching An itch Until he kind of Just found It was no longer Giving him that special Tickle Any longer so he moved on to more like perversions.
1: It's far. It's at the moment, it's a safe distance from a human being. A photograph of, of a, a photograph.
2: photograph. Yeah, it's quite out of remove. That's great. We have a lot of time now.
1: Yeah, it's. yeah. I feel
3: like there's a lot of steps before this gets creepy. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. I'd say relax into that. Yeah. So got himself a Polaroid camera. Okay, and quicker. Which a uh, Polaroid? The invention of the Polaroid was great news for perps. Yeah, like Instinct. that revolutionized pervery. Loud though. <laughs> yes. <I> mean, so <laughs> his next thing like, bulky was taking pictures of women from under the toilet cubicle no, door. You know that They're Not what? subtle.
1: What is the word for this? It's like the underskirting. It's, it's not Taj.
2: Then never mind, I'll think of it. Okay. So Natch, these ladies noticed. Really? An enormous oh. Polaroid camera. Just, Like it's literally like Like clunking Shik. Shik.
1: Shik. and then the <laughs> and <stuff. laughs> like, But like he would have to like put the to entire get the camera angle. Under. The entire
2: you'd look you'd be sitting on the jacks, you'd see the camera <laughs> come into the cubicle. Like you'd see it twisting, trying to get you. Like you would be able to see your picture before the perv would. Yeah, you'd be able to just reach the likelihood. (laughs) But
3: maybe that's part of it. These women. The rush of getting a bad photo. (laughs) I mean,
2: from his photos of photos, I suppose this is a step up somewhat, even if it is a bad photo. So anyway, lots of these women like gave fucking chase and were having none of this shit, Um, which is how he soon came to tire, uh, quite literally, exhausted from running (laughs) away all the time. (laughs) And he was just on the hunt for kind of like a new sort of thing, like a new little hobby for himself. Um, when on the 5th of February 1982 he picked up a female passenger in his taxi Chang Fung Lan and it was about 4am she had just finished work at uh, the Chinese Palace nightclub and she'd gone out for food with her sister and her friends and like she just didn't really she wasn't feeling the buzz and decided to go home and so he was driving her home and Unfortunately, mid-journey, she needed a tactical vom because she was very inebriated. Okay. Mm. And she asked Corwan to stop and let her just do a little puke. And um, then after puking, she actually was like, no, I think I'll go back now, go back out.
3: I've done that, yeah.
2: (laughs) There's a moment post-puke where, like, a little sudden glimmer of sobriety appears for a minute. And you,
3: second think, you, you think...
2: second wind. You think that you can wind. do this. Disgusting. No, wind. you
3: can. I can. Oh, God, no. Dude, do, I've done it in this building. <laughs> <laughs> Tactical
2: <laughs> puke.
1: I'm yeah. back on the road.
3: Back out. <laughs> Had a great night that night. It was Christmas.
2: So she was like, I'm going back out. Take me back. Take me back. And then... He did. He did. And then a few minutes later... She was like Actually nah, nah, no, no, nah, nah, no, nah, nah, What the fuck am I thinking Just let's go Let's go Core one Snapped Snapped Ooh, He stopped the car Sorry this is about to get dark mm. Took an electrical wire And strangled her to Sorry. the Sorry. Oh Whoa. gosh That Whoa. really You have no warning so there step. No I know Because there and was t- like
3: We thought we were going to go Polaroid photos Digital photos Actually purchasing porn like next to a woman, woman. Yeah
2: <laughs> No he escalated not to ninety.
1: So he he was doing this because he was pissed off, or he was like,
2: "Fuck it, I'll just." I mean, he definitely was doing this because he's a fucking maniac. Uh, hang on, but How yes, there was a bit again? of to-ing and froing, and he—I mean, later, I suppose—described snapping. But I mean, yeah. So he strangled her,
1: right? With, With what? an electrical wire mm. that he had in the car for that reason.
2: No, there's no sense that it was in the car. Oh, so he did snap. Yeah. She just
1: pissed him off
2: <sighs> to that degree. We've all
3: been there. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been on the edge of murder. <laughs> you haven't. No. She I don't have children. You I was about to say, children. she hasn't lived yeah. as
2: much as we have yet. She's very young. Yeah. Um, so he drove home with the body still in the car. Well I mean what the fuck else was he going to do?
3: Well he does a lot Oh no
2: He dragged it into his flat Past A security guard Who was having a little sleep Uh. Dragged it in Uh huh And then He put the body under the sofa
3: Right Okay. Uh
2: huh So remember now We're probably hitting about 6am now High off the floor That sofa Yeah I know And I mean As a lifelong creep I always check under things Always. If I come into a room, I check under He's
1: things. living on his own, I presume. No, he's still with the family. Oh shares my God. He shares a room with his He's still okay. at
3: his family abode taking Totally. Home. So literally,
2: this morning, when he put the body under the couch, he then, I presume, sat on the couch waiting patiently for the family to wake up and leave for work. Okay. Before, he then laid the body the on Oops. a plastic-covered floor. Okay. Where he... Mm. Used an electric saw to cut the body up.
3: No love making. This hiking. is very Dexter. And
2: some pictures. He took some pictures
1: after this after everything.
3: dismemberment. Uh huh. Dur- during the process. Yeah.
1: You, I just didn't see it going here. I <sighs> would
3: also think that if you were to murder someone, documenting it would be the worst thing you could possibly do.
1: Yes, unless you were looking
2: for a new fetish and you gotta try. He was well. You make a pertinent point, Mm. Cassandra Lorraine Delaney. So he wrapped the body parts and then threw them into the river. A week later, they news reports of body parts surfacing pop up. I mean, they Um, literally. But they could neither identify the body nor the murderer.
3: Okay, so. so he did. I think at that stage, yeah, if you've got body parts, like if you've got a random arm, well, that's very thing. unless you got the head and face. But now, surely, with DNA, they can identify.
1: Only them. if they have your DNA on file. Yeah, oh, but do they do now? Because tw-
3: oh right, yeah,
2: and um, twenty-three so and Me. He did have a mm. little, little bit yeah. of a problem. Corwan did, so I'm guessing he didn't take the pictures on the Polaroid camera.
3: He did not. He, he did not walk into a booth and get them.
2: a bloody film role. Straight. That he then went to get developed by somebody else. So he had to send them to the Kodak shop in Simsha to name. get them developed. Oh, God. The film developer did question Corwan about film. the pictures. Just a film they were making. But... He said he was just a university lab technician doing medical research. Okay. Good Kay. answer.
1: Good answer. I would have said film. I'm, I'm making, a making a horror, a horror film. film.
2: Mm, yeah. These are the stills. stills. This is the stills photography. <laughs>
3: Um, a low budget,
2: but very high quality in a camera shop. Yeah, it's student it's film. Yes, our actual equipment very low-fi. The special effects, as you can see, yeah. all top our budget fucking not.
3: All our budget went into this <laughs> dummy this cadaver. This dummy cadaver.
2: So he uh, decided for his next crime to uh, be a bit more kind of premeditated. Got some planning. Made some purchases, got some surgical instruments, formaldehyde, which, as we know, is used to preserve dead bodies. And he uh, went out, got a second victim, a 31-year-old woman, Chan Wan Kit, and he had sex with the dead body. I mean, we knew it was going. Oh yeah, yeah. we knew. I mean, Corwan was only ever going to spooge on some poor dead woman. Well, uh, yeah. (sighs) Um, He then, uh, once again, dismembered Chan Wan Kit in the family gaff still and got rid of her the same way as the first victim. He then went and got his third victim. How quick was in succession was this happening? This was happening in a matter of months. Right. Was there there not a... There was by now some interest (laughs) in Hong Kong um, about, they were calling him the rainy night butcher at the time. Um, But he actually got a a different moniker later, which we'll go into. But they knew that somebody was operating and committing violent crimes, obviously. But, yeah, it was happening in quite um, a short time period. All of it within less than a year. So, um, his fourth victim was a 17-year-old Laung Wei Sun, who had just been out to dinner with classmates, Jesus. and she didn't want to go on for more drinks, so they hailed her a taxi to ensure mm. she never got, sure, sure she got home safely, which of course she never did. So it was nine thirty when she got into his taxi, and um, he handcuffed her, and then, and this sounds hellish, then spoke to her. Until 4am. Oh my god. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's like... And then killed her. Fucking, yeah. She fell asleep and he strangled her. Wow. And took the body home. Back home to mom and pop. So, um... What was he saying to her? Oh, for six hours. I mean, you can only fucking imagine. Torturous, I'd say. Anyway... Uh, When he was photographing her body, one of his um, lights, so he obviously had some kind of lighting set up, fell and burned uh, the body on the leg. And this was to prove crucial because this was what fucking finally made the Kodak technician Wonder he, stop, he if was there was something wrong with these
1: images. All of these images. Another one. <laughs> yes, another one. Another four one. Times. And another one. No, yes. I
3: can't. I can't be with the same, same Kodak shop. Yes. yes. Oh my god. Yes.
2: So he spotted the burn mark, and then a picture of a severed breast, and finally <laughs> called the, the police. police. So. The police waited outside the store to sting Corwan when he was collecting his prints. Absolute fucking eejit. <sighs> I mean, but who's the bigger eejit? I'm like, one's fucking mad. The other is just... Apathetic. So lazy. Lazy. Or, it
1: is lazy. What?
2: It's just like, oh, oh, could you be arsed? It's this guy again. I mean, and when he finally saw the severed breast, he was like, Oh, it's a boob. Okay. I'll fucking call the police.
1: Had he not been photographing the breasts before now? (sighs) I think he was photographing completely dismembered corpses. Yes. And like, do we lots of shit? (laughs) Can you see the photographs now? I mean, I I did not. I, I wonder, like, did he. What sort of way he was laying them Like, what was the. Like. He was obviously using them for his own personal gratification.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. So, when he went to collect the pictures and the police intervened, he, uh, Corwan said he was, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm just picking these up for a friend. Of Um, course. (laughs) In one of the articles I read, there was some brilliant editorialising by the journalist who wrote it. They added in italics, yeah, right. That's a lie already because you have no friends. (laughs) so fucking funny. I had to include it in my own (laughs) research here. So good. So the police followed Corwan home. And, um, you know, the family were quite stunned when the police arrived and demanded to search the entire flat to find evidence. And probably further stunned when they stumbled upon a locked metal box hidden under Corwan's bed. Where they found two Tupperware containers um, sealed with masking tape. Mm. One box contained the severed boob. While the other contained a vagina pickled in formaldehyde.
3: Ooh. Oh my Which God. Which part of the
2: vagina? I mean, I guess it was a whole kind of
1: Just like thing. Yeah, the but I would have thought if he would taken the
3: away from... That the it would, core, all kind of it would just absolutely. Yeah.
1: It would be it would be like attached to either leg, nearly. Oh, I'd say yeah. Uh, although probably I, just the outer labia, I'm imagining, like a camel toe.
2: <sighs> like unless he, he done a big chunk, I would say he did quite. I think he went wide, probably. Although it's in Tupperware. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, this is why they then decided to call Corwan the Jars Killer. Well, Because this, this of the just jars just has a no ring to it I know and I feel like I mean the pickler What about the pickler you know yeah. that's far they, more they're sinister They're onto sort of a rainy day murder The rainy g- night nice yeah. butcher that Well that was long winded They did need something What's more the, succinct The, the, the rainy night nice Mer-
3: butcher is so much more yeah. poetic well, Than, that's than more the more jar
2: like, evocative For sure but it is long Hmm. And I mean, I know it's 1982, but say, for example, nowadays with headlines and attention spans, and if you want to get your max bang for your book with the CEO, you need a shorter title. <laughs> anyway, okay. So... um The uh, police initially thought that the whole of uh, Corwan's family were involved because it just seemed so freaking ludicrous that A, this one man had done everything and that B, he still shared a fucking room with his brother and nobody even noticed there was a pickled vagina. There was a lot of turning a
1: blind eye in this story. I would say so. Maybe he was just weird. They were like, he seems happy. Let's not, let's not find out why. Let's
2: not scratch the surface of Korwan. He's chill. The weird sun.
1: Feels like he's found a purpose He's so purposeful these he's days secretive He's bopping off to his night shift Spending a lot of time with that metal box Let's not check it <laughs> Let's not check it No let's just not open that metal box and nah,
3: <sighs> I, don't feel oh, like I it. suppose it's pickled I thought like, there's no weird smells coming from oh. this room He must have been oh, an excellent A there
1: was
2: smell Cleaner i I'd mean, say Corwan himself just emanated Formaldehyde and, and rotting flesh um, the brother worked um, a night shift, um. So, that was kind of how Corwan used to sort of, you know, get away. manage to dismember entire people in the apartment without other family members, um, stumbling upon any of it. Absolutely bonkers. The police actually thought the brother was in on it because they just couldn't believe. But it truly was Corwan acting alone. What was his time? So, in what do you mean? Like, the, what was he sentenced to? Yeah. So, he was sentenced uh, to death by hanging. Great. <laughs> um, after uh, nearly 10 years in uh, incarceration, Hong Kong abolished the death oh, sentence.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so, he's actually still alive. 62 now. Is he out? Life sentence. No, jeez. I mean, let's.
3: If ever there was a man that. that was
1: going to commit another crime. Yeah.
2: It's him. I mean, it's
1: there's the guy other... who seems to be
3: addicted to crime. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's other, even grosser uh, details, but, uh, you know. Won't even go there. Uh, The the rest of the family were incarcerated briefly when they were suspects, but they were set free. T. G. They wanted to sell the flat, unsurprisingly, but sadly, no no dice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so they have lived on in the crime scene ever since.
1: Well, you know, the end. Thank you, oh, thank you, Mr. Tony. Okay, thank you, Tony. Okay, hope you're doing okay. That was great. Excellent. Another whopper
3: episode. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Follow us at the Creep Dive on Instagram. Go to Patreon.com/slash the Creep Dive, um, and give us four dollars. It's the price of a cup of coffee. Keep us ticking. And what about Twitter? The dive know. Creep. The at Dive
2: Creep. It is a.
3: Whale of a time over there. Can I ask you who has asked the creep dive? <laughs> I, like, thought
2: I, I thought I was getting it. I don't know what right, happened. Right, right, As right, right, right. As you once pointed out, it was set up at about half five in the morning when I was desperately trying to avoid some work I had to do. <sighs> See you next Goodbye. week.
3: Bye. Bye.
1: Creep dive. very oh, good.